You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. Thank you so much for your prayers. It's such an amazing thing to be back home. Thank you, Michael, my brother, my friend, for your support and love, all your prayers during my absence. I'm happy to be back. Uh, Tonight, we're going to really just go humbly before the Lord and let the Lord speak to us. Serving God by prayer. Point number one. The church is under attack. Revelation chapter 12. Let's go in the Bible. From 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough. And they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan. Who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. Verse 12. Therefore rejoice you heavens and you will dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea. Because the devil has gone down to you, he's filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. Our enemy is the devil. We are under attack as disciples of Christ. The devil is furious against God and is planned to redeem mankind in one generation. He's leading the whole world astray by hardening people's hearts to the gospel of Christ. And as long as Satan is allowed to live in this world, he will do everything in his power to disturb, to disrupt the harmony and effectiveness of the church. He hates our message. He hates our master. He hates God's achievement in his movement today. And he hates you and me. He knows that if he can fill us with fear over the attacks we face He can stop us from evangelizing the world in one generation. And next to that, he infiltrates the church. I believe the devil is here tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 14 to 15. (laughs) And no wonder Satan masquerades himself as an angel of light. It is not surprising then if his servants are disguised as servants of righteousness. To do what? The devil will use people in the church to create strife and chaos. Yeah. It pushes us to scheme against one another for power, prestige, and position. He nurtures selfish ambition, which creates jealousy, bitterness, and envy among disciples. Right. He knows that if he can turn us against one another, he can shut down our message. Right. Only someone who is willfully ignorant could look at the church today without seeing the problems. Who face? The attacks for the devil are so obvious. Brothers and sisters, how do you fight such a terrible enemy? Number two, prayer is our most effective weapon. Ephesians chapter 6 from 10 to 12. 
We got to read this scripture in the Bible. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers or against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Brothers and sisters, we are commanded to understand that our adversary, our enemy, is not another brother, is not another disciple, is not another church, is not our parents, is not the world, our enemy is the devil and the bible calls them the rulers of this world and his demons dark forces of ages that are fighting the church of christ and doing everything possible to stop us from spreading the message they have divine power you know what the devil is an angel but he's a fallen angel but remember he did not lose his power his power was turned into the power of wickedness. So he has the power to arm, to devour, and to destroy disciples. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 to 5, the Bible says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We do have the power to fight the devil and the church. Say amen. amen. But our weapon is prayer. Are you fighting? That means, are you really praying? Let's look at the possibilities of prayers in the Bible. All right. How vast are the possibilities of prayers, my brothers and sisters? Prayer lays his hand on Almighty God and moves him to do what he would not otherwise do if prayer is not offered to God. Prayer brings things to pass which will not, never otherwise arrive. Matthew 18 verse 19. Come on, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Anything they ask, that's what the Bible says. And when the Bible says anything, the Bible means anything. Are you asking anything? John chapter 15 verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. I don't need to go to a Bible college to understand the scripture. The almighty God is powerful and he says, if you ask according to your desire, it shall be done. Do you believe God? Or do you rationalize the scripture? Luke chapter 11 verse 9. Ask and it will be given to you. Mark 11 verse 24. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Whatever things you ask when you pray. Now we are the one telling God what he cannot do for us. Well, Lord, no, we can't ask this because you can't do this for now. Lord, let me tell you what I think you can do. That's arrogant, that's prideful, and we need to be humble as a church tonight and ask whatever we need. First John chapter 5 verse 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, that's right. he is us. We say amen. amen. Anything according to his will. And God's will is large, is white. How can you really, I mean, get out of God's will? Almost anything you can ask for your discipleship life. Almost anything you can ask to expand God's kingdom is part of God's will. You say amen. amen. 
If, they, you, if you ask for a wife, you're asking in God's will. You say amen. amen. Jeremiah 33 verse 3. Call to me. And I will answer you. And show you great and mighty things. Which you do not know. Call to me. And I will answer. Why is God not answering? Because nobody is calling. That's why God is silent. Because people are not asking. Disciples are not asking. But you got to remember brothers and sisters. True prayer. The saints of the past subdue kingdoms, walk righteousness, obtain promises, stop the mass of lions, quench the violence of fire, escape the edge of sword, out of weakness were made strong, became violent in battle, turned to flight the armies of the alien, women received their dead, raised to life again. You see, prayer is our most effective weapon. Are you using it? Or are you lazy to pray? Number three, it is time tonight for a radical prayer life. James 5 verse 16. The Bible says over here, brothers and sisters, from 16 to 18. The effective, I'm going to read from King James Version. I love this version. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Look at that. Not just the prayer of a righteous man, but effective, fervent prayer. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for two years and six months. Then you pray again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth produced his fruits. Notice here, what kind of prayer is effective? Fervent prayer. Not lukewarm prayer. Acts chapter 12 verse 5. Over here, the devil was striking the church. Herod the king already killed James the apostle. And Peter was kept into jail to be killed the next day. But the Bible says in verse 5 over here, what was the church doing? When the church faced the forces of darkness, what does the church do? So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest Prayer for him was made to God by the church. And the church say amen. Amen. You see, radical prayer is an effective, fervent, and earnest prayer. And if you don't have all those adjectives before your prayer life, you are not praying. Because unless a prayer is fervent, unless a prayer is earnest, it is not a prayer that can move God. What kind of prayer moves God? Fervent prayer number one. Earnest prayer. Move God. Suddenly, look, in verse 5, they pray earnestly. And in verse 7, what happened? Suddenly, an angel of the Lord came down. You see, for you to bring an angel down, you got to really pray with passion. So far, our prayers are not even going above the ceiling of the church. (laughs) The effectual fervent prayer of righteous man very much. The word effectual fervent refers to energetic, passionate prayer. Energetic, passionate prayer. It is not prayer that is sluggish, lifeless, unconcerned, casual, half-hearted, and apathetic. It is a prayer that flows from a burdened heart. That kind of prayer reaches heaven and moves the hand of God. And the church says, Amen. Are we praying? Your prayer life determines who you are before God. And nothing more. The true measure of a disciple, the true measure of a leader, the true measure of a church is how passionate are you praying? That's what you are, nothing more. Prayer does not paralyze work. 
Sometimes we're afraid. If we spend a lot of time in prayer, we're not going to walk to make disciples. You got it really wrong. Because prayer does not paralyze work. Prayer itself is the greatest work. Prayer springs activity. Prayer stimulates desire and effort and move God's power. The lazy, prideful, unspiritual man does not, will not, and cannot pray. Prayer demands energy. Paul calls prayer striving and agony. With Jacob and Epaphras, prayer is a wrestling. Have you seen a wrestling match? You don't want to go in a wrestling match and then you come out, you still have your makeup, you still look good, and you're perfuming you. No, that's not how it works. Have you seen a boxing match? You come up, you are bleeding, your eyes are falling apart, you know, you're sweating like crazy. Man, you're almost dead. But when you get that victory, you are happy to do it. Some of us, we go in the closet of God as we are going to a nightclub. This is not a video game. This is a spiritual war. This is not for kids, kids and children. This business of church business is a business of souls. If you're too lazy to be a prayer warrior, you're too lazy to go to heaven. The closet of the closet of prayer is not an asylum for indolent disciples. It is the battlefield and the citadel of the church. It is our base of surprise. You cut off from it, there's nothing left but retreat and disaster. Look, few, short, feeble prayers always give birth to a low, apathetic, lukewarm spiritual condition. A church without energetic and passionate prayer is a dungeon of weak and weary souls. We are excellent organizers of activities, but we are pathetic organizers in prayer. Heaven, listen to me, heaven is too busy to listen or respond to half-hearted prayers. The deep team of God are only learn nowhere else than in the closet before the throne of God Almighty. God will never deny you anything. You go up to heaven to ask for it. You see, prayer that moves God is a fervent prayer. Number two, prayer that moves God is a faithful prayer. Acts chapter 12, verse 12 to 17. We know the scriptures. I don't have enough time to go through it. But remember, the angel came. What did he do? He freed Peter from the jail, from the cell. Peter was freed. But when he went to Mary's house, disciples who were praying all night long didn't even believe that God answered their prayers. How many times have we been praying without really expecting God to answer? Prayers were made to God. This seems obvious, but there are times when it seems like our prayers are designed to be heard by other people. Mm. Or even by us. We like our voice so much that we want to hear ourselves speaking. That's probably something, the only thing your prayer accomplish. Making you feel good about yourself. We use our prayer to attack, undermine, and belittle others. We want to make it academic. We want to make it short. We want to tell those who pray what they should pray about and how many words they should use. This congregation in the first century joined their voices and reached up as one to touch God for their brother Peter. When we pray, we must pray with faith. Amen. But our prayers are too little and feeble to execute the purposes of God or to claim his promises with appropriating power. If all things are possible to him, we believe, believe. Guess what? Then all things are possible to him that prays with passion. I fear that we are doing more of other things than prayer. 
We forget that the prayer is the greatest of all forces. The church, I'm afraid today, is almost wholly unaware of the power God put into our hands. It blows God's mind how poor we use that power. Where are the Christ-like leaders and disciples who can teach the church today how to pray and put them at work? None but praying leaders can have praying followers. We are a generation of non-praying disciples. But remember, holy men of the past changed the whole course of affairs. Revolutionized character and countries by prayer. Remember this. Elijah prayed over a dead child and he came back to life. Elisha did the same thing. Christ prayed at Lazarus' grave and Lazarus came to life. Peter knelt down and prayed beside deaf Dorcas and she opened her eyes. Both prayer and healed publish. God gave to Rebecca, Jacob and Esau because Isaac prayed for her. Joseph was the child of Rachel's Prayer. Anna's prayers gave Samuel to Israel. John the Baptist was given to Elizabeth, barren and past age as she was in answer to the prayer of her husband Zacharias. In answer to Ezekiah's prayer, an angel slew 185,000 of Assyrian soldiers in one night. Yes, indeed. The fervent, effectual prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective and we need to become those righteous people tonight. Amen. We can do the same. Their prayer was a focused prayer. It was not only fervent, it was not only faithful, but it was focused. Prayer was made for Peter. In other words, Peter was the focus of their prayer meeting. They came together to pray only for one purpose. For Peter to be freed. It was not a generalized praying that sought to cast a big blanket of prayer over everything and everyone at one instance. This was pointed prayer that sought God's power for a specific need. If we do not pray specific prayers, prayers, how do we know when God answers? When we ask Him for specific needs, brothers and sisters, and God answers, it glorifies God, it assures us of our relationship to Him, and it increases our faith. Almost all of God's blessings in my life are the result of focused prayer. My degrees, my amazing spouse, incredible, amazing wife. An angel from heaven, the beast and the be- the beast, the beast and the, the beauty and the beast. She's a beauty, I'm the beast. It's a miracle from God. Let's over a thousand women in Africa. She's over here again. She's ready to go and she will do more again. And this lady saved my life. Thank you so much for being my partner in the gospel. Escaping civil wars in Africa. The latest miracles in Haiti as well are the result of passionate prayers and fasting. Focus prayers and fasting. I asked the first time, and I begged for the church in Abidjan, Kinshasa, the church in Paris, the church over here in London, to fast and pray for me. I was going to 80. Look, this is not the result of one man, you know, cleverness, one man spiritual, you know, condition. No, this is God Almighty answering the prayer of the church. From one man in less than four months, one man baptized during the GSC in August 2013. We now have, after four months, we have 70 disciples and 10 former churches of Christ preacher baptizing to Christ. That is the power of God. Some of us think praying and fasting is too religious. I'm sorry for you. So you mean the apostles were too religious? The first century disciples were too religious, right? No, I think the real point is some of us are not religious at all. We want to rely on self. We want to rely on talent. 
Who told you you were talented anyway? Talented anyway. You want to rely on skill, method, so that you can claim the glory. We are too comfortable to pray. We are too weak in character to pray and fast. Prayer and fasting are not a childish game. It is a soldier charge. We want a church at the image of our society where everything is promised to be achieved quickly. No time to wait on God. We can do it ourselves. We want fast food, fast money, fast diet, fast wealth, fast prayers, free words in hurry. Praying, brothers and sisters, is like being in a battlefield. You don't know, you know when you're going, but you don't know when you're coming back. Wow. To pray as God will have us pray is the greatest achievement on earth. Such a prayer life costs. It takes time. All praying saints have spent hours every day in prayer. In these days, there's no time to pray. But without time and a lot of it, we shall never learn to pray. What the church needs today, let me tell you today, is no more machinery. No better organization. No new organization or novel methods. That's not what we need. But men whom the Holy Ghost can use. Men of prayer. Men mighty in prayer. The pulpit of this day is weak in praying. The pride of learning is against the dependent humility of prayer. Prayer is with the pulpit too often only official. A performance for the routine of service. Prayer is not the, to the modern pulpit the mighty force it was in Paul's life and Paul's ministry. Every preacher who does not make prayer a mighty factor, every disciple who does not make prayer a mighty factor in his own life and ministry is weak as a factor in God's work and is powerless to accomplish God's purpose in this generation. It was, lastly, a powerful prayer. When you pray fervently, when you pray faithfully, when you pray passionately, brothers and sisters, and focus, then you've got to pray with power. What brought the angel down to rescue Peter? Revelation chapter 8 from, from 3 to 5. You see, the angels of God are collecting the incenses that represent our prayer. And then put them in the censer and sacrifice them to God. Is your prayer in the censer? You see, the power of God through prayer multiplied the first century church into a large army that evangelized the world in one generation. But not only did those powerful prayer will help the church to grow and grow fast. But powerful prayer will help the church to grow spiritually. Yes. Because there are two kinds of growth. Remember 7 Peter chapter 1, from, seven to, from 5 to 11. Add to your faith, godliness, goodness, kindly love, knowledge, self-control. And the Bible says in verse 8, if you have those qualities in increasing number, measure, you will not be unproductive and effective. But if you don't have them, you are blind and you are short-sighted. You see, we want to grow in number. But unless we are growing spiritually in the likeness of Christ, we cannot bear fruit that will last. So we see tonight that prayer is not a game. Prayer is the only measure that will help us to capture God's attention and go in his strength to evangelize generation. In conclusion, Come on, bro. we are under attack. Prayer is our most effective weapon against the devil. It's time to pray tonight. It's time to pray three times a day. It's time to have all prayer night sessions. Not, not only once, but twice, three times, five times a year. Let's commit to radical prayer as a church and as a disciple. And the church will grow in number and in Christ's likeness. 
Let makes a decision today to repent of lukewarm prayer life to embrace the radical passionate and effective prayer life of the first century church to conquer kingdoms, administer justice, gain what is promised, shut the mouth of lion, quench the fury of the flames, and escape the edge of the sword to turn our weaknesses into strength, become powerful in the battle of lost soul and rotted foreign armies, receive our debts back to life, and ultimately evangelize the world in one generation. To God be the glory. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H.org.uk. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events or devotionals you can find all that on our website also once again we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one